0: hi and welcome to another episode of economist corner a CEDA podcast where leading economists break down the latest news and policy updates i'm Jared ball chief economist of CEDA, the committee for economic development of australia the latest gdp figures have just been released and they show the economy has recovered to its pre-pandemic size a year since the start of the economic downturn given australia's surprisingly strong recent growth we're keen to see what's next for the recovery in particular, the impact of the lockdown in Melbourne, where I'm recording this episode on day six of the lockdown. To get a view on those March quarter figures and how the economy is currently tracking, I spoke with BIS Oxford Economics Chief Economist for Australia, Sarah Hunter. But first, I'm joined by our Chief Executive, Melinda Salento, to discuss some of the issues we're thinking about at CEDA this week. Hi, Melinda. Hey, Jared, how are you? I'm all right. We were were going to be recording this, of course, in person in the studio, which would have been fantastic, but um, here we are amidst lockdown 4.0, as it's being uh, described.
1: Yes, well, um, I was looking forward to doing this face-to-face for the first time uh, in a while. I blame myself because obviously I got too excited about it. Um, And thanks for clarifying that it was lockdown 4.0. Um I will actually just say lockdown four and a half for me uh living in Brunswick West, of course, we were early into lockdown three, so I just feel you know particularly scarred by all of this
0: well i can I can completely understand that thanks for clarifying um that that half a lockdown uh in addition there i guess if if we were to take you know one kind of positive uh out of the latest lockdown in Victoria, it would be that we are seeing a lot more people lining up for a vaccine, and the the vaccine numbers are are trending up. but it's clearly an area of considerable concern in terms of um, the recovery. This has been called out by um, the OECD and others. Um, what are you what are you thinking in terms of how this vaccine rollout is is advancing and and some of the
1: hiccups that we're seeing? Well, first of all, Jared, we need to get a little bit personal here. I'm assuming that you've had your jab.
0: I I have I uh, I went uh, yesterday morning in fact as a walk in which I found uh, to be pretty seamless and a lot more straightforward than than hanging on the hotline for for too long so and I think people would know from uh, social media Melinda that you've had yours
1: well indeed and uh, you know I had to bring that up because I'm feeling a little bit smug having got in before the lockdown the 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 more substantive point there being the point that you were making Jared which is You know, when I went in uh, early last week, I think, uh, walked into the exhibition building in Melbourne, um, no lines at all, and it was really obvious to me then um, how we'd really lost momentum on the vaccine rollout. Um, So I guess the silver lining is that knowing that COVID's out and about in the community again has seen people really step up, which is fantastic, but um, I have to say, when you look at how fast we're moving, I think even with the uptake in vaccines in the last week, it looks like we'll get everyone vaccinated by August 2022, uh, as compared with September 2022, which is what it was a few weeks ago. Um, that's a long way away.
0: Well, that that's absolutely right, and some of the numbers that I'm seeing, you know, we would have to move at an unprecedented pace, i.e faster than the likes of the US and UK to really get this thing back on track. And I think, you know, you've seen a lot of commentary in recent weeks about the fact that it's not um, a race. Obviously it is. I mean, I, I just, COVID has always been about a race. It's always been a race against this virus. And the fact that at any point in time we don't think we're in a race uh, is, just, is just not something that, that I can frankly comprehend.
1: Yeah, look, I think um, if I can kind of join the dots between this and the and the GDP numbers, um, 12 months ago, the V that we were talking about was the V of recovery. Uh, would we see a V-shaped recovery? Uh, that was really the best case scenario. We're seeing that now complements of uh, a really strong spend from government, but it is now all about the V of vaccines and You know, with uh, roughly 80% of the population still favouring borders remaining closed uh, while COVID is still um, an issue, you know, this is going to be absolutely critical to our economic success uh, in the next 12 months. So here's hoping that we see that progress. And I'm really looking forward to hearing your conversation with Sarah around um, the GDP results and just really you know, to me, it feels like we've filled in the pothole of of the COVID um, collapse, but uh, where to next is a huge question.
0: Well, I think that that's absolutely right, and certainly came out of my conversation with with Sarah that yes, there is there is some reason to be buoyant in these numbers and the fact that we have bounced back rather quickly. Um, but what's the where's the next Kind of momentum going to come from, and you know, it's not it's not entirely clear. Uh, I think how we can sustain uh, some of that growth, and and we are seeing some of that in the in the numbers. And Sarah and I talked about this in terms of uh, consumption. Household saving is still um, pretty high. It's it has come down at a slower rate this um, quarter's numbers than it has previously, um, and consumption still isn't back to where it was before COVID. So it's clear that there's going to need to be um, some, you know, some of those fundamental drivers in terms of business investment and other things that that need to really start coming through.
1: Well, Jared, for my part, um, as we uh, have another week to go in lockdown 4.0 for the rest of Victoria, I'm going to do my bit to be uh, boosting consumption, anything that's able to be delivered to my door. but uh, But, you know, the reality is it's going to, Going to depend on business investment from here on in. So look forward to hearing what you and Sarah have to say.
0: Yeah, look, um, absolutely, and and look forward to uh, hearing more about your uh, online purchases and any any recommendations that you that you'd make, Melinda. Um, But it absolutely, uh, you know, those hours worked particularly in higher contact sectors retail accommodation and food you know people who will be moving to online in this period particularly in Victoria um, that had not recovered um, before this this latest lockdown uh, in in Victoria so there's there's some real struggles out there and I think a lot of ground that's still to be made up in in parts of the economy Um, but uh, with that I think um, good to good to jump to Uh, Sarah Hunter and and my interview with her. Thanks, Melinda.
1: Yeah, great. Thanks, Jared.
0: Sarah Hunter, thanks for joining the podcast. We've just had the uh, latest quarterly accounts uh, released a couple of hours ago. What are you seeing at the headline level? What do they tell us about how the economy was tracking uh, before the end of uh, JobKeeper at the end of March?
2: Yeah, the recovery uh, tracking very well, and I think the data really at a headline level confirms what we've seen in the labour market and from some of the other high-frequency Uh, data sources that we monitor. So the economy expanded by 1.8% on the quarter. I think a bit of a red letter day in that um, output was up 1.1% on a year ago. So uh, GDP now back above where it was just immediately prior to the pandemic, or I suppose really going into the pandemic, which is where we were in the March quarter last year. So overall, um, a very positive figure that's in line with the other very positive data releases we've had. Uh, recently,
0: And obviously, this has been a recovery that's very much been driven by um, resurgent consumers and perhaps consumers um, trapped within the borders of Australia, spending more money domestically. Um, how's the consumer picture looking here and, and including that that really high rate um, of household saving uh, that we saw at the onset of the pandemic? Where Where is that tracking and, and where do you think consumers are in all of this at the moment?
2: Yeah, I think the interesting thing is, um, I mean, consumer spending was was definitely uh, very positive um, on the quarter, and, that, and that's not a surprise. Uh, so it was up 1.2% so total spending for that group. Um, and there's a lot in that that's you know, continuing reopening of the economy, um, we're getting a bit more used to living with COVID. We did have some snap lockdowns through that the March quarter, but they were very much that snap. They were short, sharp, but different to what's happening in Victoria right now. Uh, I think the interesting thing though about consumer spending is that overall, it's still not back to pre-COVID levels. Uh, So it is still below where it got to at the end of 2019. And that actually uh, sort of ties up quite well with what you just said about um, the savings rate. It has come back down a little bit, but it's still pretty elevated. So um, households are still saving uh, a larger proportion of their income uh, than they were before the pandemic so there is that recovery coming through in consumers uh, we are getting a bit more confident we've obviously got had the income tax cut feed through there's still um uh, some of that you know job keeper job seeker support and other payments that would have been going into um, bank accounts through the march quarter but uh households are not back there yet i would say at an aggregate level
0: so certainly something to watch and and how that sort of Um, household savings rate and and consumption tracks uh, in the in the next quarter there. And of course, the other big story is around the terms of trade and just the incredible uh, record that we've seen in in iron ore prices soaring. Um, What are we seeing in in this release in terms of net exports and and I guess the impact of the the trade picture with China and, and others coming through in the numbers?
1: Well, I
2: think what's really interesting actually about um, the trade position at the moment is that on the sort of the revenue side, if you like, or the export earning side, that is incredibly positive right now. And that is very much a story around commodity prices, you know, iron ore in particular, but commodity prices generally across the board, very strong at the moment, agriculture, other metals that we also export. So um, there's a lot of strength in terms of the income we get from our exports coming through there. But if you look on the on the volume side, it's it's actually not so it's not so positive. It's not a terrible number. Um, it was basically flat on uh, on the quarter up point five percent, so a little bit of a rise. Um, and there's some movements in between that. Agriculture came through. Quite strongly for some of the commodities, um, and uh, but there was offsetting uh, moves around, say, natural gas that dipped down a bit, and there was some disruption around weather events and things that was causing that. But uh, yeah, the volume side for exports is nowhere near as positive as the uh, uh, as that revenue headline income earned figure suggests. And when you put that together with a very robust increase in um, imports, uh, particularly goods imports, obviously we're not really importing many services at the moment because we can't travel. Uh, that then made net exports a drag on GDP. That wasn't a surprise. That, um, to me, that was uh, entirely what I was expecting. But yeah, net exports overall detracted 0.6 percentage points from GDP growth on the quarter.
0: Okay. So, so a mixed uh, picture there, notwithstanding the, the uh, iron ore prices, um, still some challenges. In terms of business investment, another area that people have really been looking to see a pick up, including based on some of the the sort of generous tax incentives uh, that have come through in recent stimulus. What's what's business investment doing uh, and is there anything to get excited about there?
2: Um, I, yes, I think there's quite a lot to get excited about there. Actually, I think um, if I'm looking uh, at the sort of the big um, hitting gains that have really driven things, you know, a long way through the recovery, definitely um, business investment or components of business investment, I should say, are certainly pulling their weight. So uh, that tax incentive that you mentioned, that's the uh, the instant asset tax write-off and the changes there, which have uh, effectively made it. Um, pretty much uh, any business can take a, a full write down on on any investment they make on machinery and equipment. And that's exactly what we can see coming through. So that machinery and equipment category was up 11.6 uh, percent on the quarter. Really robust growth. Um, and it is now um, above uh, pre-COVID. Levels so that the, the peak that it reached, some little peak um, in the first half of 2019. It's not back to mining uh, boom levels from the uh, early 2010s, but it's uh, going in that direction. Uh, other components of business investment that, that also came through pretty strongly: uh, intellectual property products. So this was more a sort of return to what has been a very strong profile for that category um, over recent years. So that's your investment in software, R and um, The uh, commodities exploration category also sits in there all of those things were were sort of coming through strongly. Um, And also um, biological resources. So this is the farmers obviously getting over the drought. They're now looking to actually invest in their capital stock, rebuild their herds and what have you. And so that one came through quite strongly. Again, not really a surprise. We sort of saw that through the uh, agriculture cycle. Um, The one component of business investment that dipped down was um, non-dwelling construction. So um, that's private sector engineering construction. Um, It's it's also non-residential buildings, office blocks. hotel hotels that sort of thing um, that i mean that does seem a bit disappointing on the face of it uh, but actually if we look at the pipeline of work there uh it's it's looking a lot better the um the approvals data is coming through it's patchy month to month but generally is improving um and the uh the capex survey suggests that we'll see a pickup in this category as we go through this year and into 22 so uh, there's a lot to be very encouraged about through business investment it it certainly looks as though it's uh it's turned a corner um and uh you know we will uh, probably in the next quarter, get above pre-COVID levels, and given the the tax incentives and and the environment, still looks pretty positive. I think we're going to move above that comfortably uh, through the rest of this year.
0: Well, and that will obviously be a, a really important, uh, you know, factor in in the growth and employment that we see in in coming mm. uh, months. Yeah, as well, won't it?
2: Also, uh, yes, absolutely, but also really important for um, the economy's supply-side potential. So business investment, uh, it's been something the RBA have talked about for a long time and its weakness in recent years uh, because it's not only a source of demand up front, so it, you know, it's part of our aggregate demand picture, but it's also how we expand the economy's capacity, both in terms of expanding the capital stock, but also um, investment in these types of assets will embody the latest technological progress progress. Uh, so, you know, if your IT equipment in the office gets upgraded, or they put in a better internet connection, that's just that bit faster, you're just a bit better at your job, you're more productive, because things are just a bit easier to do. Um, or you know the mining sector, obviously, very obviously there when they um, put in place new investments and open up new mines and what have you that increases their productive capacity. So it's very, very positive to see this category coming through because it it's beneficial today for GDP, for employment growth. But it's beneficial tomorrow as well.
0: Really good point and a, a really good point around, you know, the focus shifting, I guess, from the demand side more into the supply side of the mm. economy and, and how we get long-term productive capacity uh, moving You've mentioned a couple of times there what was happening in in agriculture in terms of the investment picture, but also the trade picture. Are there any other particular sectoral trends that you think are coming through really strongly in this release?
2: Uh, I think the uh, one of the main ones again not too much of a surprise but really is actually showing up in in the numbers now is uh construction so all that investment activity and we've not touched on dwellings housing but we probably should because uh that came through really strong too home builder activity renovations um but also the impact on uh the buoyant property market and that increasing um the number of home sales you know churn in the property market that came through uh positively as well those two categories together added about 0.5 percentage points to gdp growth so that's quite a healthy contribution Uh, we can sort of see that construction piece really uh, starting to pick up so this sector is getting a lot of support from a lot of places dwelling construction from home builder I just mentioned but also uh, engineering construction activity and that's government projects uh, the roads and all of the other stimulus that's been announced there the acceleration of those uh, big big ticket items. Uh, And then uh, on the private side too, particularly around mining. So construction GVA was up 4.4% on the quarter uh not quite the best performing sector, but right up there. Uh, and we also, as I mentioned, the housing market, we could see that too. The rental, hiring and real estate services category it sounds a bit technical, but basically where real estate agents, conveyances, people like that sit, their category was up 5.3%. Um, and bearing in mind they're not coming off a particularly weak base, they'd already had their recovery starting earlier in the piece. That's a, another pretty positive print.
0: All right, the other, you know, maybe, maybe a note to end on, and, and I'm sorry, because Sarah, I'm recording this from Melbourne where we're obviously in, in lockdown, but um, we're always interested to see um, particularly post, um, or, or I can't even say post COVID, uh, in a COVID environment, we're always interested to see how different states are performing. Um, two questions for you. One, what do we, what do we see across the states um, in, in this latest GDP print? And what are your thoughts on, on the impact of the latest lockdown, which uh, I appreciate is is evolving here in, in uh, Victoria?
2: Indeed. And yeah, we are recording this after they've announced the extension. So uh, other than anything else, you have my greatest sympathies because you guys have done it tough down there in a way the rest of us can't imagine. Um, So in terms of what was in this data, um, I think perhaps to reassure you about the outlook for Victoria in particular, um, it really confirmed that um, Victoria's economy through to the end of March – caught up in terms of um, the recovery with uh, the other states. So uh, particularly household spending uh, was very robust in Victoria, up 3.2% on the quarter. Um, And that was much better than than any other state. The next best performer was Tasmania, up 1.9%. So uh, that reopening of the economy uh, and your ability to go out and spend and become a bit more comfortable and see relaxing restrictions and what have you uh, really did drive that. So uh, I would hope that you'd see the same again when you do. Uh, eventually, come out of lockdown and and things can normalise. Uh, the other interesting thing across the states, I think, is that I mean, in line with that general ma- national picture, generally speaking, um, investment outperformed, and it was private sector investment um, that that did the bulk of the heavy lifting. Uh, but the bill the standouts there, WA, very strong private sector investment number, which suggests that mining investment is coming back. That's obviously a key focus for their state. Uh, we also had New South Wales post a very strong private investment number, not mining related that's uh, much more around that dwellings piece so the dwelling construction um, and in particular alterations and additions that are helped along by home builder um, and investment in machinery and equipment so that's that sort of tax incentive really kicking through there uh, so but all of the states really saw pretty healthy um, investment numbers uh, across the board and so um, it does the data does really show that it's it's becoming a more broad-based recovery which is very good to see um, even if there is still some catching up to be done uh, particularly by uh, now given the lockdown I would say for victoria obviously you've taken a bit of a step back and uh, are going to be looking to take a step forward when um, things are enable you to and uh, COVID back under control.
0: Well, Sarah, as always, um, fantastic to chat to you and, and great to um, hear how buoyant you're feeling about um, the economy and what this what this data is uh, telling us.
2: Absolutely. It's, it's always a pleasure. And uh, yeah, let's hope we can get cases back under control and uh, things can continue.
0: Thank you. That's BIS Oxford Economics Chief uh, economist Sarah Hunter, uh, and I'm Jared Ball, Chief Economist at Cedar.